This story is not an old story. This story is very fresh and it's uh, very relevant to today. It says, this time last year, I didn't believe in God. Despite being brought up in Catholic schools, I was convinced that he didn't exist. And even if he did, I saw no need and had no interest in following him. I couldn't reconcile the idea of God with all the suffering in the world and thought science was a barrier to faith. But my second and third year of university, I worried whether I was truly leading a happy and fulfilling life. This stemmed from the knowledge, from not knowing why I existed. Not feeling happy was so frustrating because I knew I was leading such a privileged life. I was studying at a university, had a great group of friends, great family, and knew that by the standards of the world, I was rich. I tried to convince myself that this feeling of happiness and completeness would come in the future. Maybe it would be when I had a full-time job or a family, or maybe it would come with even more money so I could experience the world. But I eventually realized that that moment was never going to come. Then, in one of my classes, I met Rosie, a member of the Student Christian Organization on campus. This was my first time I ever got to know someone that truly followed Jesus. As our friendship grew, we started to have conversations about life and about God. Through the skills Rosie had learned from her Christian organization, she answered my questions and shared the gospel with me. Slowly, I began to see the truth in Christianity, and things started to make sense. But as I began to understand, I came to God wanting a lot of things. I wanted to know why I existed. I wanted happiness. As I learned more about God and Jesus, I finally realized that I had already been given everything I could ever need. In coming to know that God created me, I saw how I'd been living my life for the past 21 years. I had been doing what I wanted to do in my life instead of what God wanted. I took all the good things God had given me and lived a life separate from Him. God had created me to have a relationship with Him, and I rejected Him. I realized how far I was away from God. But then also that despite everything I had done and all the times I rejected him, he still loved me. I'm still amazed that despite my despite living my life the way I did, I could not come to God because of what Jesus had done. That I could come, excuse me, I could come to God because of what Jesus had done for me on the cross. He died on the cross and took the punishment for my sins and the sins of the world to save us so that we might come back to God. In death, Jesus saved my life. And in knowing that I put my faith in Jesus as my Lord and Savior, it has changed my life. And I am now in a relationship with God.
I have a deep sense of joy and fulfillment in my life, even when times are tough. I'm not living for myself anymore, but for his glory and purposes. I know my purpose in life is bound to God, and it is to know him and to do his will. Our God's still at work, right? Our God's still changing lives, correct? And as we look at, at, we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about having a 2020 vision for the future. And as we uh, continue, Silas, will you make sure that that clicker is on the screen so I can click? As we look at that 2020 vision for the future, one of the things that we need to know is that we have a goal for this year. And we've been talking about these goals and looking at them. And the first one is that we will increase your quiet time with the Lord this year. So I, I'm asking you to look into your life and say, okay, I'm two weeks into the year. How am I doing? Am, am I spending more time praying? Am I spending more time reading the Word? If I've challenged myself to read through the Bible or to listen through the Bible, am I doing that? Another one is, as a church, we need to increase our personal outreach. It's, it's so important. It's such a big deal. I watch that and I see how big that is. Uh, one of the things I never understood uh, was, um, and one of the things that it, it's not what the Lord has laid on my heart, but my mother, she, she gave cards to people all the time. And she sent cards, and and to me, if I, I was just like, Mom, why are you sending so many cards? And now, looking and see how much, like a note, like a personal note, can mean to somebody, and that that was a ministry that God had laid, one of the ministries that God laid on her heart. I'm like, okay, I get it, and that's been something that that's big, and I've learned in my life is how much. A card can mean to somebody, or, or maybe you go out of your way to share the gospel, to, to share your faith, to help someone who's hurting, to, to send the name of Jesus Christ to those who are lost. That we become more confident in sharing the word of God, in praying. Uh, it's important when you lack confidence that you keep on doing things. You keep on doing things. There's a bunch of kids this week in school that had tests. I make girls cry like every week. It's just something I do. When they don't get it in math, they come and they're like, I don't wonder. Hang on. They're like, you make it look so easy. When it I said, I've been doing this longer than you've been alive. I know I, I do this every single day. And as we do it a second time and a third, they're like, oh, oh, oh. And then when they get that test back and it's like this week, I saw it a couple of times where where that girl who was crying on Monday got the test back on Friday. I got a 94! And they're just like, 
You were crying about this on Monday. And as Christians, we think we think to ourselves, I, I can't do anything for the Lord. What can I do? I don't know anything. I, I Pastor Scott gets up there and he talks about this stuff. I, I could never do that. Or I hear these people talking in Sunday school and, and I get, well, hey, shed those tears and say, I want to do it. And grab onto somebody and say, can you teach me? Can you help me? Go to Sunday school class and become confident so that when somebody comes and they say, hey, I want to know more about Jesus. You're like, oh, I know about Jesus. And you can say to them, I've been spending more time with Jesus than you've been alive. I can help point you to him. Wouldn't that be awesome? Group four is for us to be more responsible with stewardship in our lives. And so then, uh, and so the things that God has given us, what are we doing with them? And so then we continued down this path and we began to look at Isaiah chapter 43. And we've got to open our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43. In Isaiah chapter 43, we talked about this before, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time because I want to get to something new. It says, God has invested interest in you because he created you. If he created you, he cares about you, and he has an investment in you. Um, if we've invested something, if we've purchased an investment property, we probably are going to work harder at getting that investment property looking pretty good before we try to sell it. And God has an invested interest in you. He created you. He made you. And he cares about you. Another thing that we got out of this verse is you don't have to be afraid of having a relationship with God. He wants to have a relationship with you. And when trials come, he can carry you through the hard times in life. Trials are going to come. You are going to face trials this year. We talked about that. And how are you going to look at and how are you going to view those trials? Are you going to see them as a time of growth in your life? Look at the New Testament. When trials come up, Paul talks about this a lot. James talks about this. Trials come into your life and if you're facing trials and you rely on the Lord, he is going to grow you in your relationship with him. He is going to mature you through the process. You're going, I don't know if I want to be mature. Picture being a baby Christian. I mean, picture being a baby. How many of us wish, uh, there's sometimes you'll get, uh, there was this one girl that I knew every time I saw her. And I don't want to become an adult. I like being in high school and stuff. And I was like, yeah, but just think about all the things you do. When Picture about being a baby Christian. Picture about being a baby. How many of you would like, love to still be running around drinking from a bottle and in, in messing yourself in diapers and needing someone to change you and being stuck in one of those bouncy seats and just sitting there and everybody's trying to get you to be quiet all the time. And we want to mature. And as Christians, we should want to mature too. And sometimes you got to do tough things. We got we to 
we got a number of like little kids running around church. You know how many times they like, as they're learning to walk, they like bounce and they fall down and that's happening with Levi, isn't it? Like, right? He doesn't want to stay on the ground. He wants to mature. He wants to get up and run and walk with them. And that's what we, we need to do as Christians. We need to get, we also need to get a proper view of God. We talked about this last week. This was the focus last week. God is your Savior. And you need to view him appropriately. So we looked at like Isaiah chapter 6. Where we see the Lord high and lifted up and, and how majestic he seems in that passage of scripture. And Isaiah, when he saw that, he was faced with his uncleanness. We looked at Revelation chapter 1 about a God who sits on his throne and he makes all things new. Old things are passed away and he's working on us. And another thing that I saw in Isaiah chapter 43. So I'd like to read Isaiah 43, 1-7 again so we can get a look at this. It says, But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up in the south. Do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Another thing that I observed in this verse is that you are precious to God. In verse 4 it says, since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. As I want to take a look at a correct view through the lens of Scripture at what this passage is saying, something that I find all through the Bible, is that this year, view yourself through the lenses of the Savior. We all need to. I think every single one of us in this room needs to look at ourselves the way that Jesus Christ did. Because he said, I created you, I, get, I formed you in my image, and you were important enough to me 
for me to send my son to the earth to die for you. And now, we as New Testament Christians, not only are we gods because he created us, because he loved us as his creation, but we're his because he bought us with his blood on Calvary. And the price was high. I have this fish tank in my house. I, I like it. I have a desk in my house. I like it. You want to know I like those two people? You probably wouldn't want it. You probably wouldn't want that fish tank. You probably wouldn't want that desk. You know why I like it? I made it. And so it's special to me. I, you know, I put shelves there just so I could have like a special spot for some books. And I put a file cabinet in my desk and organize it the way I wanted it. You probably wouldn't want it. Thing weighs like a ton. And you wouldn't want to move it around your house. I like it personally. I also, I have this fish, and, and I like those things, and I like looking at them, because I make them, made them. Also, there are some things that I like, that I bought, and they cost a lot to me. And so I try to take good care of them. Us, for Christ, it's both. And we need to see, see ourselves in that light. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, looking at this from kind of a New Testament perspective, it says, But you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Do you see yourself like that today? You Christian, you're part of a chosen generation. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you belong to a church and that is special. It's the most special thing you can belong in ever. You could be a member of any other organization. It, it doesn't come with the privileges of being a member of the church. Because you're going to spend eternity in part of Jesus Christ's kingdom. All of eternity. That's awesome. Amen. You are part of a royal priesthood. You can go to the God, the Father, who sits on the throne, and you can take your request to Him at any time. Awesome. You are part of a holy nation. A people called out to do what is right and to live righteous and holy lives, different from anyone else in the world. A special people. And God has taken you out of darkness and placed you into the kingdom of his marvelous light. That's amazing. And you need to take a look at yourself under that light. There's another passage of scripture. I, I was talking to, remember when we had those boys come to sing, the three Heath brothers. 
What they've been doing is they've been going around and singing in public schools. And they get good responses for that. And they hear about how they, they say, you know, it's just, a, they, they're, we're sitting around the table and they're saying, it's just amazing the terrible things that these kids have gone through. And sometimes you don't even know the words to say when you hear about kids that have been abused by their parents and they're in foster care or their parents are on drugs and, and you have no idea what to say. I said to one of them, I said, let's go in our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 49. Reread Isaiah chapter 49. And I said to one of them, I said, I want you to write this verse down. Because I've used this verse many, 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 many times with young people. And I'd like you to look at this verse, Isaiah chapter 49, in verses 15 and 16. And I understand in this passage of scripture that, that God had a message for Isaiah we need to see that in light of that. But I'd like us to look at verses 15 and 16. It says, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they might not for, may they may forget, yet I will not forget. See, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. I, I, I love it when we have kids in church and you know a kid starts crying in church. That's just that's that's awesome. I'm being genuinely serious. I'm not saying that the baby cried on cue. Because this is part of what I was supposed to talk about. I think that's really awesome. I, I always praise the Lord when I empty diapers from the nursery garbage can. And I think we need some more. Because we need kids being raised up and taught the things of the Lord. But when when the babies start crying around here, every single time I, I've seen like mom do something. Because she cares about those kids, right? And she she her kid is crying, she's gonna take care of it. But what about the kids that don't? They cry and Mom's filled her life full of heroin, and she lets that baby alone. That happens. And there's kids that are just feel like their parents have completely abandoned them. If there are troubles, they couldn't go to mom and dad. Those people, they they need to they need this. You are precious to God. This year, you need to view yourself through the lens of the Savior. And when He sees you, you are precious in His sight. Even if your mother, the person who's not supposed to abandon you, forsake you, even if she forgets you, God has it. And I love that it says there, See, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. I just picture... Gee, I instantly, every time I read that, I picture Thomas and Jesus in their conversation. And when Jesus comes to Thomas and he says, here, touch my hands. And forever, Jesus is going to be, say, be able to say, hey, you, Christian, don't forget, see how much I loved you. 
Those scars are continually before me. All I gotta, all I gotta do is show you. There's the evidence. There's the proof. The nails that I, I died. I shed my blood so you could live. You don't think I love you? You don't think I'll move heaven and earth to make sure that you spend eternity in heaven? And you mean so much to me. God wants to change us. Because we were created for his glory. Said that in Isaiah chapter 43, which we read just a minute ago. This year, you need to look at your daily tasks in light of what they can accomplish for eternity. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 is my is my absolute favorite verse in the Bible. But it was a few years ago that I added verse 10. Because in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And then verse 10 says, For you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that you should walk in them. God wants to change you. He wants you to see yourself as something different. And he wants to take you from a sinner and to transform you into someone that will be used for the glory of his kingdom forever. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I'd like to finish off by reading these verses. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present in your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I love my time as a Gideon. And to every month go and hear stories of what God could do through the word of God. And how just the simple act of passing out the scripture can change a life. And as a Gideon speaker, I would read, I would try to prepare my message. I read testimony after testimony after testimony of how simply a word of God placed in the right place at the right time. God can just move that testament to change someone's life. And you get stories like one that I'll never forget. Of a man whose drugs and alcohol and his home life had ruined everything. And he, he was ready to end it all. His wife had taken, left the kids. His job was gone. And he was addicted to drugs. And, and he had his gun and he was ready to finish it off. There he was in his room. All of a sudden, a knock on the door. And to the door just came couple of Gideon workers they handed out a Gideon New Testament said this is a free gift for you nothing else and before he took that gun and he pulled the trigger he decided to read that Bible 
Pick it up and read it. That simple, he began to see that it wasn't his way. It wasn't what he wanted. He needed to see things through the way God saw him. He needed to see what Jesus Christ did on the cross to save him from that life. And he accepted Jesus Christ as personal Savior. He found victory over the drugs. He found reconciliation, first from God, then with his family. And God began to work and move and transform his life. And before you know it, he was a completely changed individual. That's the power of seeing things appropriately for what this book has to say. The message of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Maybe today there's somebody out there who's listening and, and you've been looking at yourself all wrong. You haven't been looking at, at yourself as a sinner for which Jesus came to die on the cross for. A sinner that God completely wants to take you out of the darkness of this world and to transform you into the kingdom of light. He died to save your sins. Would you give your life to him? Let's pray this morning. Dearly Father, I thank you that we can come here today and we can talk from your word about your power to save. Lord, I think about if there's one person today who's looking at themselves through worldly wisdom. They're looking for problems to be solved through earthly means. They're looking at things all the wrong way. I pray that you might help them to look at themselves through the lenses of Scripture and to see that you have the power to save their soul, to change their life, work in their hearts and lives today. Lord, even as... This message goes out on the internet. I pray that you might touch one person's life and someone might come to know you as their personal Savior. Help us today in Jesus' name. Amen.